0: Your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola.
1: All right, welcome to another day of Lacrosse Talk PM. Busy day today. Brad, super busy today. Uh, Lacrosse County Sheriff Jeff Wolf, press co- uh, news conference. Just a couple hours ago, uh, they, man, less than a week, and we have the the triple homicide suspects in the Lacrosse County Jail right now, Brad.
2: They are in the jail today because uh, uh, the two of them were arrested separately last night in central Wisconsin. One in the
1: Stevens Point area, the other in Wausau. So uh, I'll just uh, you 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 tell me when I when I screw up because you're gonna you were listening while I was taking pictures a little bit more intently. But uh, the two suspects, one uh, just they were arrested in separate incidents. Um, the the shooting that happened last Friday around two thirty a.m. I believe um,
2: uh, between two and two thirty in the morning. Yes.
1: Yep, it, at that quarry north of West Salem. Uh, the the suspect, uh, Ratanasak, or better known as Blackie
2: Redinsak, known as uh, Black.
1: Also. Yeah, uh, he. He had the gun. He I gave have, it to Tao.
2: Right. here, I, I can uh, summarize from... You, just I have, want, you uh, want to read? We're going to do... I, I will uh, try to... This way. Let's read. set it up.
1: Reading with Brad Williams. Read, Go, ahead.
2: Well, uh, reading what is in the criminal complaint, and the the uh, complaints of the two men are are fairly the same. Now, uh, a good deal of this uh, that Sheriff Wolf talked about today came from a, uh, a female witness, and uh, she said she was with the three men who were killed. This was... Uh, last Thursday night, and was staying in the same room as them at an Alaska hotel. Now, she was; uh, they were on their way from the south side of La Crosse to where she worked, which is another hotel, and um, on their way to her workplace, a car began to follow them, pulled up along the passenger side of her car in the parking lot of that hotel, and uh, she briefly went into the hotel, came back, and Kush, Naya Tao, had gotten into her back seat on the driver's side, and um, the individual driving the other car was Radensack, known as Black, and he was holding a gun. Now, she was told to follow the Black Mercedes-Benz, where Black was, in her car. She was instructed by Cush, that's Nyatau, to pass the other car, gave gave her directions as they drove to the quarry. And um, they got to the quarry and everyone got out of the cars. Black reportedly hit Trevor Maloney with the gun he was holding, then instructed Nemo Yang, Peng Lor and Trevor Maloney to get on their knees and knee-crawl towards the gate of the quarry. Black gave the gun to Cush, Cush used the gun to shoot each of the victims. Black and Cush then got back into the black Mercedes-Benz and drove away from the quarry. The woman who was with the three victims returned to her vehicle and left. And a few hours later, uh, she talked to the investigators. And uh, that was uh, basically how the uh, killings occurred. And uh, we are told that it was over a $600 debt that Nemo Yang owned owed to uh Radimsack known as Black, who has just gotten out of prison.
1: And it's right there where you where you automatically go, What a six hundred dollar debt? And you kind of wonder what else what else there is because right. that, that seems um And like, there
2: are there are ties to two Asian
1: gangs uh, involving yeah. the people who are were in this incident. There's yeah, there's two things that I that and we can talk about this in a little bit, but the, the six hundred dollar debt and then the woman that was the witness, she was in the car. She was with them. Why yep, was she, she let go? You know uh,
2: that. Yeah, that's another one. But uh, she she is in a secure
1: location. Yeah, we were told. But they they say her name during they, the they press conference. Initials. You know her initials, and and that it's a her. Yes. Not that it's any surprise to uh, the men involved in the murders that she was in the car and was was an eyewitness and is still alive. Would probably go to the authorities. But to, in my head, I'm like, man, we could just say uh, some anonymous. You know, in terms of what we need to know, I mean, because that's the uh, the biggest detail there of of leading to all this. Right. And then the second thing was they abandoned the car in in, Green Bay, near Green Bay. And And, and then they the two men
2: ended up getting rides to where they needed to go. They got help from other people that uh, uh, Black ended up in Amherst last night, which is outside of Stevens Point. He was arrested there. And then early this morning. Uh, Cush was arrested in Wausau, and I asked Sheriff Wolf if one of those, like, if from the first one, they figured out where the second guy was, right. and then everybody got there. And he says it was pretty much simultaneous, is that they were they were converging on both of them at the same time and just yeah. happened within hours of each other.
1: He, he said capture. coincidence a couple of times, and that, I don't know if it was a coincidence that they made both arrests well, at the that, same time he, or coordinated. No, I mean,
2: but he was... And what I got from that is that it wasn't necessarily because of the first one we found out where the second one yeah. was. It's like, they, and it sounded like they were closing in on both of them at the same time. and They just happened very close together.
1: Yeah, one didn't give up the other once they arre- the arrest happened I mean. at the same time.
2: Nope.
1: No. Um, and then the other thing, too, with the car being abandoned, it sounds like they had the one of the victims or all the victims' phones. Somebody Headphones, was told to destroy uh, those phones. Told to destroy
2: the phones, but they... They managed to find information from.
1: Yeah, it sounded the like phone. they had, I, well, I want to say Maloney's phone They, but yeah. or just one of the victims. I can't remember which victim, but it must have been like left in the car or in the in vicinity of the it, car. And Somehow
2: and, they found it. And so. that
1: seems to be one of the big factors right. in, uh, you know, A, they, they abandoned. I think they abandoned the car without really knowing that the the police were onto them, which seems a little bit goofy because that eyewitness was. Yeah, because that w- we did find out
2: because that there was the surveillance video. At the scene of the crime, where you, there's this black Mercedes, and well, they knew to find a black Mercedes,
1: and the woman, yes. she followed or was followed by the Mercedes, right. so she's obviously going to—well, I don't know if it's obvious, but she's going to remember at least the color and, and probably the model of the car, so that anytime that car drives anywhere, you're going to see it. Right. So, um, yeah, I, I just—I don't, I don't want to speculate about anything because it's well, all anyway, a little so creepy to me. But so
2: the two men are now. Have been transferred to the Lacrosse County no. Jail. They're being held without bond. They are supposed to appear in court tomorrow afternoon yep. for their initial appearance. One one thirty is the the intake time. Usually. Okay. Yes.
1: Okay. So tell us what happens tomorrow, Brad, because you kind of you you do this just this about is every day. <laughs> this How is what long, I do. How long and what can we expect from the court tomorrow? From the court I, here tomorrow,
2: I would expect they'd be the first ones in on intake. Uh, you know, of everybody who has been arrested or you know apprehended since the previous intake
1: and what and, will they do just say and
2: so that they will pro- if they have attorneys now they'll be represented if they're if there's a public defender they'll be represented and, and that's when the uh, basically tomorrow is when they would set bond whether there's going to be any kind of bond set or just kept without bond and uh, and then they would uh, most likely schedule them for another appearance a week from now uh, by that time, that could be the preliminary hearing where they could get uh, witnesses in. Witnesses in this case, most likely to be officers who have been in on the investigation and say what they know, and uh, that would. Uh, but what we expect tomorrow
1: is going to take five it's, ten minutes. It's, tomorrow
2: right? is going to be very short, and it's it's mainly to see what their bond is going right. to be. I highly would doubt that either of them would be. I mean, we could be talking million dollar, two million dollar bond. Mm-hmm. If there is any cash bond set, it could be no bond. Very
1: unlikely that they would be released. OK. All right, Brad, better run over there and get, get to the news. Put Take your headphones off. Otherwise, you're going to go. Whoop. Uh, all right. Thanks a lot. Um, Jill Billings, state rep right here in our district. She's going to be on 95th district. I had to ask Brad. Uh, <laughs> I was like, is it 96? Uh, she's going to come on. Uh, we're going to take a hiatus from the triple murder because that's all I've been doing all day. So I just want to take a little bit break from that. Uh, talk to Jill Billings about what's going on in Madison. Uh, even this week has been kind of a lot a lot going on and not going on at the same time. We'll be back after this. All right. Welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. Jill Billings on with me, state rep in the 95th district. I got it wrote down, Jill, so I don't forget. I, I like to just say the lacrosse, the city of lacrosse district, because that's essentially uh, what it is. Um, all right, so we're, we're, I'm trying to change things up. I don't want to talk about a triple homicide the whole time, but we will get to that at the bottom half of the hour. Uh, while I got Jill on, I want to talk about what happened in Madison, what happened in Copeland, and uh, you had you had some business with fentanyl penalties today. But first, let's just do some good news first. You guys designated the Great River Road today. Can you explain that?
3: We did. It, it is good news. First of all, I got to mention my district includes uh, City of Lacrosse, a little bit of Shelby, and uh, town of Campbell out in French Island. I can't leave out anybody in my district because I love the entire thing. Totally fair. So that's. Number one.
1: I knew you were going to do the, it.
3: The I'm on the uh, Mississippi River Parkway Commission, and uh, we sort of um, promote and. Um, and protect and work on, um, the Great River Road that runs all the way up through 10 states from Minnesota, Wisconsin down to the Gulf of Mexico. And we've worked to, um, add a designation as an all American road. So this, uh, we're now included with a group of people like the Natchez Trace and Route 66. And um, it's going to help, I think, bringing more tourism dollars to Wisconsin. So we were very excited about that
1: today. Is that so? Route sixty six is called that, like, but All American Road encompasses all those. Is that the, it gets that designation, or are we going to sing songs about the All American Road?
3: <laughs> I think we should. I don't know the the like like get instead of get our kicks on Route sixty six. Um, you know, enjoy the show on the Great River Road or yeah. something. I don't know, because we've got the beautiful Mississippi, which I think brings us our, our uh, a scenic driveway much more uh, beautiful than the others that I've seen listed.
1: Now, does that road go all the way up to Canada? You say it stops in maybe Wisconsin, Minnesota. Does it keep going? Does it? How far up does it go? <laughs> I yeah, never really I
3: mean, look. it says it goes all the way up to Canada. But yeah. um, I always look at the... The uh, the origins of the Mississippi River as Minnesota, and um, and then uh, flowing into Wisconsin and and down along our our beautiful west coast of the driftless region, that is uh, really a unique part of Wisconsin. And so we're we're highlighting the All American Road just to encourage people. You know, come visit Western Wisconsin, see and enjoy all we have to offer and spend your tourism dollars here.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. Um, all right. So let's, let's do some more, some some not so fun business. Um, I know you were in on a meeting this morning about fentanyl penalties. Uh, also kind of re- not really related, but sort of related to that was the incident that we had at Copeland Park, uh, you know, what, a week ago or so, maybe a couple weeks ago. Uh, and, and that and and and, the, and I say they're kind of related, just because we we want to up the penalties here on certain things. Um, do you want to tackle one of these over the other first?
3: Um, we could start with fentanyl. Um, so I've introduced legislation, and this was requested by law enforcement here in Lacrosse to bring the penalty for dealing fentanyl up on a parity. With uh, dealing heroin, so uh, for some reason uh, we've just not kept up with charging for fentanyl. As fentanyl has become a drug that's very dangerous, it's used more often. It's um, included in the majority of overdose deaths in Wisconsin and nationwide, I imagine. Um, and so, um, law enforcement asked if I could do that. You know, I've, I've done a lot of work on prevention and treatment. Um, for drug abuse, and I think that that it's important to address those aspects. But this is uh, just another way of addressing um, addiction through the sort of supply side. And um, I have bipartisan support from a senator. Um, over on the other side, Senator Wanogard, I've gotten vice-partisan support actually uh, with co-sponsors in, in both houses. And we've had a hearing in the assembly and it passed through committee and a hearing in the Senate and it passed through committee. So we're hoping that this fall it can, it can make it on the Senate and assembly calendars and, um, and then be signed into law. How I long... think this is just another tool for law enforcement now
1: are the penalties for people who are dealing fentanyl as opposed to people who are caught using fentanyl so to speak
3: um yes yeah, so we're upping um, the the higher um, possession of, of higher amounts of of fentanyl um, and fentanyl is an incredibly incredibly strong drug I mean I've heard from law enforcement around the state situations where they've had use narcan on their drug sniffing dogs because they've um, gotten into fentanyl, and and they've actually overdosed of law enforcement where it can um, be absorbed through the skin or get on clothes, and it's it's an incredibly strong drug. Now, often people who are using drugs that include fentanyl don't even know that that there that there's fentanyl involved with what they're ingesting. So, there's another piece of legislation that's introduced by one of my colleagues. That would make fentanyl strips legal and available, so that people, um, you know, know what they're dealing with.
1: Sure. Um, all right. So we're up in the penalties there. The the and then the Copeland incident where uh, a man ended up, you know, uh, getting into a fight with some a couple. One of those people was a transgender woman or girl. I should say they weren't even they weren't even over eighteen years old. So they're kids. Um, And we you know, some of us, I think the mayor had 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 a statement about making that part of a hate crime situation. Um, You see this fentanyl stuff sounds like it's moving, although maybe it's been in legislation for years. I don't know. Um, Do you see something in in the terms of what happened at Copeland moving along too, or not really?
3: Um, well, the, the Sentinel bill was, um, introduced this, I introduced it this winter and it's actually, um, it's, um, moving relatively quickly for, uh, democratic sponsored bill in the assembly and the Senate. So, um, although it's sponsored by Senator Longard in the Senate. So, um, so that's the status on that. That hasn't been around. It's, it's kind of a new bill that was introduced, as I said, and yeah. law enforcement asked for it. Um, so with what happened at Copeland Park, I mean, this is just is a terrible, terrible thing that happened, right? Every child in our community, you know, teenager, middle school children, younger, they should be feel like they're valued and respected in our community. I don't think any of us can argue with that. And this was an ex- this was a situation where um a, a child was attacked a teenager was attacked by somebody in one of our parks in lacrosse and so that's that is not acceptable i think by anybody you know to, to so 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 i was asked um to include transgender in the hate crimes bill you know i think there's a question there whether we already have sexual orientation as part of that statute um, whether that could have been used in this situation or maybe not. But I'm absolutely willing to look at if we need to further define uh, that bill. I'm absolutely um, willing to work into it. I've already talked to um, many of our LGBTQ caucus members in Madison and um, locally, uh, the LGBTQ members, some members in our LGBTQ community that I know. And so... Um, Yes, I think that bottom line is that was a terrible thing that happened at Copeland Park. Um, all of our kids, LGBTQ kids included, um, should be able to feel safe, protected in our community, and that was a really a tragic thing that happened in the park.
1: So it sounds like there might be wording in the law along those lines, but it's it's maybe we we learn more as this case goes through courts, huh?
3: Yeah, I've, I've looked at the, the wording, and I think it's a possibility that that phrase sexual orientation could be used. But, um, you know, as, as, as we go forward and, and look at legal definitions and what would be best to do in that situation, um, I had a nice conversation with the district attorney, Tim Greke, about this. And so we're really talking about um, the best way to approach this.
1: Okay, um, now I want to talk about what happened earlier this week in Madison. Uh, there, it seemed to be uh, worlds collide here. Uh, you, the, the infighting continues, or maybe the Democrats versus Republicans, because Republicans call call well, whatever you want to call a session to end $300 unemployment benefits uh, in the state. And while that happens, then Governor Evers calls a special session to increase public funding for uh, both both college and, you know, below that, I think uh, K-12 through education as well. Um, just what was your overall feelings about that whole, because it just seemed like at the end of the day, nothing got done. We knew what was going to happen with the $300 unemployment. And we, based on what the Republicans have done lately, we knew that they were just going to gavel in and out of session again and ignore, uh, you know, whatever Governor Evers does.
3: Yeah, well, for just just so people understand, what usually happens with session is we have a calendar that's published at the beginning of session that's um, agreed upon with uh, Republicans and Democrats. And those are kind of the scheduled times for us to come in um, so that we know that that at the beginning of session. Now, the governor can call um, us a special step session. The uh, leadership in the legislature can call an extraordinary session. So we can actually be called in at times that are not reserved for session. And this is what's been happening, that the governor has called... Um several special special sessions. The Republicans have um, declined to consider the the initiatives, the bills that he's put forth. and it they've been everything from, you know agriculture to um, law enforcement um, issues Unemployment. to expanding Medicaid to education. Um, and so the Republicans just gavel in and gavel out. Now, in the past, we've actually had some special sessions. That have produced uh, fruit. With um, I was on the her- her- heroin and opioid opioid uh, prevention group, the Hope Group that uh, Governor Walker started and appointed me to, with other members and people in the community. Now we had several pieces of legislation that we considered under special session. You know, both sides debated, came to agreement, moved that legislation forward. So we have had some some good special sessions in the past. Um, you know what I do is I come. I'm called into Madison, whether it's extraordinary special session, special session. I come and I do my work. I think one thing for people to keep in mind is behind sort of the political um, show, there's really I think good work being done in our communities. For example, this past week I was at Quick Trip with several business leaders talking about our unemployment. Uh, situation here and need for workforce and workers. And um, so the Secretary of DWD, Department of Workforce Development, and um, Missy Hughes, who's the head of the Wisconsin Economic Development Committee, came to La Crosse, talked with uh, business leaders in a roundtable discussion, and I think got some really good input and um, ideas from local employers and business owners and advocates. We were so that's where a lot of good work is happening
1: Joe we were brainstorming on the show the other day we thought instead of giving unemployment uh unemployed three hundred dollar benefits uh, you flip it people who get hired now get three hundred dollars a week added benefits I don't know we were brainstorming what do you think
3: yeah i I um in this meeting, actually, the owner, new owners of the freight house talked about that, that they had employees who were working in the hospitality, um, field where there was engagement with the public, you know, through COVID. And was there a possibility that there could be some sort of a, um, a sort of a, of a reward or acknowledgement um, for them, for the good work that they did, that they stepped up and they were working throughout the um, through COVID. And there's so many people that really did. They stayed in the workforce and they worked. Now, there are families that everybody has different situations, right? There were some families who had kids that weren't at school. Um, we know that um, this is a multifactorial issue here, where I think getting rid of this $300 that's it's. I think it's in effect for five weeks now. You know, getting rid of that is not our golden ticket to getting more workers. Uh, we have to look at things like early childhood education. We have child care deserts throughout Wisconsin. There are more kids that need child care than slots that are available here in La Crosse. Um, we can look at workforce training where the secretary of DWD talked about people transitioning from jail or prison to the communities and we have to make sure those people are off the bench and they 're working and there are a lot of employers that want to work with people who are transitioning back to our communities but we want got to make sure that they have the right training um, and then of course there's wages that people a lot of people just need a living wage, so we kind of have to look at wages and see where we 're at with that and and make sure that that people um, can make a living when they're working too.
1: Two dollars isn't enough for uh, you know servers at, at restaurants.
3: When I worked for the supper club in high school, I made two dollars and ten cents an hour plus tips, um, and that helped me helped me save for college. But I'm I'm telling you, if you're a single mom and have a child or two, it's gonna it, you know it's it's tough to make ends meet. So. Um, Has that changed? Know, I, I'm, I feel I'm like looking into that right now. I feel you know, like it's still what, what's two dollars for families in Wisconsin.
1: I feel like it's still like two dollars and thirteen cents an hour, something like that. Is I don't it? think it's changed, Jill. Yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> maybe,
1: maybe we up that a little bit. Yeah. Minnesota servers get minimum wage, so there's there's that. Which, um, all right, I'm out of time. I appreciate you coming on and, and talking about everything. Thanks so, so much, Jill. Yeah,
3: thank you very much for having me on.
1: All right, that's Jill Billing. She's a state assembly rep right here in. The ninety fifth district, which includes lacrosse, what does she say? Campbell, some of Campbell, all of Campbell, and and the town of Shelby. All right, way over way over time. Scott's comment, Brad, doing the news. Started the show talking with Brad Williams. We were both at the news conference from Lacrosse County Sheriff Jeff Wolfe, describing a couple of different things in that triple homicide that happened around 2 3 a.m between 2 and 3 a.m last Friday county M Northwest Salem and if you go to wisdomnews.com the first story there should be the first story I think I got that set up that way um, and you could read what happens but you I, I broke up the the news conference into three different parts the the, the first part is is just wolf describing what authorities thought happened in that murder. Um, the, the biggest detail being that a woman was along with the three victims and at least in the two suspects driving her car and they were in another car and just driving out to that quarry. Um, you know, then the victims being shot multiple times, uh, one of the suspects giving the other suspect a gun to do, uh, to you know, kill the kill them three and and letting the the woman go, and then obviously that she comes to you know goes to police and and tells them everything she knows, which leads to their arrest. I, I would say that that's the that's the biggest key to to she she would know who what car that she had to follow or was, yeah, she, I believe she had to follow the Mercedes that Mercedes, you know, as soon as they know that, then they can start looking at video from every which way. Right. And then they figure out (laughs) that the car ends up in green Bay abandoned. And I believe they found one of the victims phones. It might've been in that car. They were supposed to destroy the phones and it looks like they, they just didn't. And, uh, and that's how they they end up with the phones. I guess I didn't put one of the. I got to put the Q and A. I'm doing that in real time right now. I'm putting the Q and A with Jeff Wolf. So three 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 different things you could listen from the sheriff is that that the, the description of how they how he believes the murders happen. Um, and I could just hit play on this too. Well, looks like I did the same one twice, but then also the Q and A from from the media. So if you want to go to wisdomnews.com dot and, and check that out. Uh, I'm fixing it as we speak. Six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four is the talk and text line too. Uh, Jill Billings nice enough to join us, talk a little bit about a lot of things. Right? She just kind of informed us that uh, we've designated the Great River Road uh, one of the All American Roads. I think. I, I honestly, I don't know a whole lot about that. So, is it? Is it a? Are are there? Throughout the country, a bunch of all-American roads and, like, Route 66. Uh, is A1A Beachwood Avenue, Vanilla Ice Song, is that one on there? I, maybe. I don't know. I'm just just remembering my childhood. The best song ever, right? Ice, Ice Baby. Um, but is that maybe? And then now the Great River Road is part of that conglomerate? Uh, or are we just renaming the Great River Road the All-American Road, which seems silly? Great River Road is way better name than All-American Road. So maybe it's part of these All-American Roads. I don't know. I don't I don't have time to look it up. Someone can someone can look it up for me. I could have asked Jill, but I wanted to get to like 19 other things and if you couldn't tell, I didn't get to all the things. So so there's that. Uh, but uh the other the other couple of things that we just hit on um the obviously the it, the the Copeland incident that happened, I think we got news of that last week or this week. I think it was last week. Everything's running together. Um the what we could categorize as a hate crime, but the law doesn't so much do that. So it's up to lawmakers to change that law, right? To get up to speed. Um, And then she talked about other things that lawmakers need to do to get up to speed is make fentanyl, fentanyl dealers more, the the penalties for dealing fentanyl just harsher. And uh, so it sounds like that one's going to roll right through. Anything that's going to penalize people uh, for doing things, I mean, drug dealers, sure, go ahead. Any but anything that's going to penalize people sounds like it just rolls right through Madison. Make it a law, uh, help people. Eh, I don't know. I mean, it's it's going to be tougher to get that done. Uh, Tom's calling in. Tom, go ahead.
0: Yeah, Rick, uh, you once said you're part Indian or you're an Indian, right?
1: I'm, I'm, uh, what a, I think I'm an eighth Native American. Yeah.
0: Uh, my dad was a half breed. Okay. It makes me a quarter, right?
1: Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. how, it's simple math, uh, I, I guess. I want so
0: to say something, Rick. Um, monkey see, monkey do, monkey hear, monkey do. What are you talking about? People killing people. Okay, is
1: that all, is that all you got? I don't.
0: Yeah, real bright. Thank you.
1: Okay, I don't know what any of that means. Um, don't really care either. 608-785-7914. So the other thing we talked about with Jill Billings was the special session versus the killing off the $300 unemployment benefits. Uh, bad wordage there. Uh, getting rid of the $300 unemployment benefits. And uh, Jill just talked about, you know, maybe that, that makes all the headlines. Um, and, you know, she she kind of diverted to, hey, you know, there's, there's that. And none of that gets, none of that accomplishes anything, but we're also doing other things that are getting accomplished under the radar. So, but they're not as fun, right? Like uh, this great river road designation, um, fentanyl penalties, I guess is, is, uh, something that pe- a lot of people would like to see, you know, probably happen is, is drug dealers who deal fentanyl, uh, get charged. I think she said on the same level as heroin, that makes sense, right? Uh, but it's uh, but the the idea that those things roll through Madison. It sounds like she said that's it's going fairly quickly. If it came about in the winter and it's getting uh, it's it's through committees in both houses, in the Senate and the Assembly. It's I think she said that. So that I guess must be government working fast. So the the fentanyl thing is rolling right through Madison. Uh, it'll become a law before you know it. Um, but but anything else. So that's you know we're penalizing people in that regard and 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 justly fair enough. Like dudes that deal fentanyl bleep those guys, right? (laughs) Bleep those people. Um, But, but on the flip side, you know, what are we doing to, to help others? So are we rolling through legislation in that regard? $300 unemployment benefits. We're going to get rid of those. That's not really helping people. Uh, It might be forcing people to rethink, you know, some certain people who are unemployed uh, to rethink their, unemployment status because they're getting $300 less a week. There's certainly an argument there that if you end the $300 bonus that you're going to be more apt to get a job. Sure. But on the flip side, can we, can we help those people get back into the workforce? All right. So 608-785-7914 is the talk and text. I'm going to take one more quick break. I'm going to see if I can't, uh, just look at these uh, Jeff Wolf statements and see if I want to play one of them or not when we come back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm gonna play some of Jeff Wolf's comments here. Both subjects are in custody and will make an initial appearance in court tomorrow, Friday,
2: July 30th at 1.30 p.m. in the Lacrosse County Circuit Court. And to remind you, both individuals are presumed innocent until proven guilty i'll try to answer any questions did you find out
1: where? all right i got the wrong i got the wrong clip sorry about that uh (laughs) essentially when you're scrambling to throw uh three different press conference sessions in online at the same time you're gonna mess up and that's what i did so I'll fix that after the show. I just got the Q&A there that you heard Brad just start to to talk. Brad had a good question, though, in in terms of uh, they arrested one of those guys in Amherst, another one of those guys in Wausau. What's interesting there is the guy that was last known to be from Wausau was actually arrested in Amherst. And Tao, who was last known to be from Holman, was arrested in Wausau. And they didn't arrest one and then figure out where the other was. They actually arrested them simultaneously, whether that was by design, probably by design, but, um, they didn't have one in custody. And then, you know, what to get, get some, get, figure out where the other one was based on maybe calling him or something like that. Um, so, so there's that. The, The, one of the other bigger pieces of evidence was obviously from, from the, uh, witness that it's just it's almost like a movie it is really almost like a movie when they they tell her they they end up in the car with her they tell her to follow the other car the victims are there too they take them to that quarry uh the one the one suspect hands uh, hands the other suspect the gun allegedly here this is what the authorities this is what Jeff Wolfe described today hands the other the gun they shoot the three victims multiple times uh but they let the woman go and that ends up being I think the biggest part of I mean it's obvious right but it's it's confusing too because she's the she's right there she's an eyewitness maybe they didn't maybe they didn't think that they would Uh, maybe I didn't think that she would say anything because you know, that, that is scary, right? If you, you witness all that. And if you say something, then someone's going to get on you. Um, you know, but, but they end up being caught, but if they don't end up being caught and you're the eyewitness to all this and you're the one that the, the suspects let go, the murder suspects let go. And then you go to the authorities. Well, obviously the authorities have, they, and they've said that she's, I guess secure, I don't know a better word for that. I wanna say like witness protection or something, but they didn't go that far. I don't know how this works. It was weird that they even talked about um I think they gave her initial her initials and they, they said it was a her, so that kind of outs the, the the like who that person is a little bit to anyone that, you know, is involved in this. Um, we're gonna to go to the phones. Is this Jim? Yes, it is. Hey, Jim, go ahead. Uh, I, I heard uh, some talk about
0: Jill Billings wanting an increased penalty on those who are peddling fentanyl. Yeah. Uh, well, and I actually got two points I want to make. But this point, um, she might want to look at the border, our southern border. That's where a lot of that's coming from, that fentanyl. And we got wide open borders right now due to uh, Joe Biden's
1: policies. Uh, that's where we need to start. Okay, so most of the fentanyl is coming from the border. But by people by people like walking across the border? Yep. Okay. Well, you got drug smugglers big time,
0: cartels and everybody's down there having a field day.
1: Okay, so it's Wide not open. it's not fentanyl coming from south of the border through the airlines or through FedEx packages or through you know, the mail? More so? No, it's coming through from what I understand, it's coming from China,
0: but then getting it to people, it's bringing it across the border.
1: Yeah, but how is it getting across not, the border?
0: Well, smuggling, just like they brought marijuana or cocaine or uh, heroin or anything else.
1: So smuggling, like in your backpack? Sure, why not? Okay, you, oh, all right. Well, I'm just I, I from what I heard, and I'm I'm definitely not an an expert, but from what I heard, most of that stuff comes, you know, through the mail and. Airplanes, airlines, stuff like that, but I could be wrong. Uh-huh. Anyway, yeah. I want to ca- talk about the,
0: I want to talk about the air quality too. All environmentalists are all up in arms about you know we want to get away from fossil fuels and stuff because we want to make our ear our air nice and pure. And I'm looking around here and I see all this haze and it's, and it's like, okay, so what's their plan for stopping all these forest fires? Okay. <laughs> Okay, some things you just can't do anything about, so you don't but, think, you, you, know, I think you, you don't think that we've had, stuff.
1: you don't think forest fires have increased in the last couple of years more so than you know well a decade it ago? could
0: be due to some policies. I've heard some of these states they're not clearing out the old growth okay they uh, no nobody can get in there and do the job they need to do to clear that brush up
1: okay, it's not drier at all now out there. Drier. Um, it varies. Okay, I gotta go, man. Uh, Thanks for the call. I, I gotta, I gotta let you go. I only got a, a couple minutes. I got a minute here, so um, yeah, maybe, maybe it's uh, the blame the DNRs for not raking the forests. Uh, that's it, it, it. Could be hotter out, which makes the forest drier, which is w- what I was saying. More dry, drier. You get it, uh, and then more susceptible to fires. I think that's probably part of it but yeah i mean dnr's got to get out there and rake the forest that's right you're right man all right i gotta go that's all the time uh thanks a lot again to to jill billings for coming on uh uw lacrosse political science professor anthony tragoski is gonna join me tomorrow evening and join me for just a couple minutes tomorrow morning i'll be here in the morning thanks a lot